When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick with this week's By the Numbers with co-host Dan Reese. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, excited for the playoffs. Not uh, an ideal situation, but excited nonetheless. So. Yeah. So we just, uh, we're, we're recording an uh, hour and a half, roughly, after Lamar has broken, I don't know that he's really been silent, but, but, he, but he issued a, a little bit more of a statement about what's going on with his sprain. Uh, the borderline of a of a grade two and grade three. Uh, I I would take this as an I'm done for the season comment on, uh, by him. It seems pretty 
uh, pretty firm in that way. I, I, I kind of hope he'll be on the sidelines with the other uh, Ravens for the, for the game. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be Huntley or Brown at this point. Yep. And we go from there and uh, it sounds like Huntley is progressing, but still sort of, uh, you know, maybe 50, 50 or so. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but um, you know, I think a lot of our numbers will show I think, there are some positives to look at from last week and look ahead to, to this week. And uh, there will definitely be some challenges that they've got to face. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and not the time to give up by any means, but why don't you start us off? Sounds good. Uh, 9 million, 100 million and 45 million. So it should be pretty clear to most Ravens fans what these numbers are, but uh, 9 million is the cap hit uh, for 2023 for Roquan Smith with his, his new contract. 100 million is the uh, the total value of the new contract and 45 million is a fully guaranteed um and the, the 100 million just tops uh Shaquille Leonard uh who previously had the the top for the inside linebackers with 98.5 million um but one of the the key things that that I think is often overlooked is that those are on different time periods right so that mm-hmm. was from from 2022 to uh, 2026 so this Roquan's is going to be from 2023 to 2027 so uh, a pretty significant difference in um, how much that total relates to the total cap space when you when you adjust mm-hmm. the year so uh, it's only 1.5 percent higher uh, in, in total despite um, you know the cap going up eight uh, percent from last year to to or for 2022 to what's likely going to happen in 2023. So, you know, the relative cost is, is much lower. So they, they, they didn't top the deal by so much that, you know, it's, you know, relative, it it kind of sets them a little bit lower, I think. So we, we, in, in finance, we talk about the real cost of the deal was 6% lower, six and a half percent lower. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he would, he would be kind of probably top five or something like that if you look at the real cost. So, so that's kind of, um, you know, something to keep in mind when you're looking at it and the way that uh, the Ravens kind of got to that, I think was uh, he, he got a pretty good chunk uh, fully guaranteed. The, the 45 million was the, the top by, by a decent margin. Um, I think he also got, uh, you know, there was another chunk that would guarantees um, for the third year, once they, you know, when he plays for the second year and some other things that were, were kind of player friendly um, parts of the contract that they kind of balanced out with, uh, with, with the, um, you know, not being, not topping the, the market by a ton. So, you know, I think that was, um, I think it overall is a, a solid contract. I think there's debates on whether, um, you know, whether it's the position to invest in blah, blah, blah. Um, but I know you did a, a great uh, show on that with Vaz, um, you know, but it, it, it's pretty neat. It comes right after he had a, a really strong performance. One of his, one of his best, I think, uh, of, with the Ravens, he had 11 stops, negative EPA, um, which was, it was tied for second highest in a week by anyone in 2022. So a uh, remarkable performance. So I, I, I looked at that number and I, I was, I was having it on the defensive pod and we we're going over it that, you know, of, of 16 tackles, you know, 11 of these had been uh, defensive wins. And I thought that was probably the highest total of the year or very close to it, but it's, I'm glad you can codify that for me. That's, that's uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, completely 
has played at a very high level himself, has played at a much higher level than he did with the Bears. Um, and, you know, in watching video, that's something you really look at is, is you know, you try and look at good games and bad games. And he had plenty of bad games with the Bears uh, even this year. So um, I think he's fit very well in the system with the, with the personnel around him. And I think this is a great place for him. The leadership, you know, things we hear are all good. Um, I do share some of Voss's concerns about paying inside linebacker. What I'll say is you can pay one inside linebacker. You better not pay two. Um, and it, it eliminates a lot of your flexibility to pay the second inside linebacker. In particular, if you want to get a better pass defense on the field to play dime defense on third down, you lose that ability. So I think Patrick Queen is probably going to be traded or or uh, allowed to walk in two more years. But one of the two, um, they will, I think, I believe they will give him the fifth year option. Where are you on that? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they take it and then trade him like you mm-hmm. said you know i i think it's uh, <laughs> there are just so many unknowns with the cap with lamar <laughs> so it's really difficult but um you know i i think uh i think it'll still be a pretty good value for what you're getting for patrick queen i'll say that mm-hmm. much so uh if they are able to i think it'll still be a good value so all, right. all, all this talk of money also makes me Remind us to, to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will brutally murder your thirst. Uh, they've been very good to us. Please uh, give their product a try and uh, appreciate some of the green elements they're trying to espouse with aluminum cans. It's a, a, you know, a positive step for the environment to not have all the trash go into a landfill. Uh, let's get back to it. Uh, 66, 44, and 6. All 66 snaps played by Joe Burrow in this game. Actually a moderate surprise with the, you know, the script of the game, how far ahead they were at halftime that he didn't at some point get yanked. Uh, I, I really thought after that sack he might get yanked. Uh, it was a pretty hard hit on that one. Um, that included 44 pass plays in this game, uh, two of those sacks. And uh, it's just a lot of times to have your franchise quarterback be dropping back and exposed to risk. And he was knocked down six times in this game. Uh, surprising that Cincinnati was was willing to do that. And yes, they they were chasing Buffalo, so they had to make some choices about where Buffalo is going. And yes, they didn't want the coin flip with the Ravens, but that also didn't seem like a particularly high risk. In fact, I'd say at 24 to 7, it looked like to me there was about zero chance of the Ravens winning this game. Yeah, and uh, and not much happening on offense, um, you know, mm-hmm. from the Ravens side. Um, you know, especially once they got to the fourth quarter, I, you know, I, I, um, it's, it definitely surprised me that, um, that they had all the, all those players out there. Um, they, they played it, um, pretty straight up, I thought. So, yeah. um, and was a little bit, a little bit surprised, especially how the game went. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, you you know, had, I, I know you uh, had a comment about Kappa, so why don't you go with that number next? And and I don't want to steal your thunder here with the with the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so with Alex Kappa, uh, the numbers are negative zero point zero five and negative zero point seven seven. So, uh, yeah. So one of the things that did happen was Alex Kappa, the right guard, uh, did get injured, and those are the splits with him on and off the field for the game. So. When he was on the field, the average EPA was negative 0.05 on 51 plays. Uh, they averaged 4.7 yards per play on those. Uh, and then after he went out, the average EPA dropped down to negative 0.77 on 13 plays with only 1.4 yards per play allowed. Um, it, the success rate dropped from 37 to 15%. 
Um, you know, some things to think about, you know, it was four drives all in the fourth quarter. So at that point they were milking some clock. Uh, so they were running the ball more uh, than they had previously, but even still on the four pass plays, they had a, a negative 1.34 EPA on them. So it was a really rough. Um, you may see your coworkers cracking open a can in your 9 a.m. stand-up meeting, but it's most likely not beer. It's a new mountain spring water called liquid death. You've heard me talk about this many times. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. Plus, its infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to be a, bring a death to plastic bottles. Did you know plastic's not even really recyclable anymore? It ends up just going to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Meanwhile, aluminum is recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. You guys know how much I love Liquid Death. It's in everything I do. I take it to work. I take it to the ball club. I take it when I'm out with the kids. I got them right here on my can on my desk as I'm recording a podcast. I'm always with it. What's cool now is I'm seeing you guys on Twitter talk about how you're grabbing your cans and going to work. So send me those stories about what you're doing and how you're cracking open a tall boy in odd situations because, hey, it's water. And not only is it water, it's the best water that you can go out there and buy. It's cold. You can drink it with whatever you're doing. So go on out there, get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool by going to liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. Rough performance on the on the past plays as well. So uh, that they did that he was out for so okay so i, I just want to frame this up because sometimes especially with leading zeros to the left of the decimal you can kind of lose track of what a number mm-hmm. is that's they were minus 120th of an expected point per play during the kappa snaps which is bad right. <laughs> you know, it's not what yeah. you want but they were minus 10 thirteenths of a point on the on the non-kappa snap so they actually on 13 plays they lost 10 points uh, right. of, of expected value. So that is extraordinarily high, 15 times as bad um, without Kappa. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really uh, obviously a big deal. Now there's some small sample size component to that, particularly to the 0.77, and you mentioned the other caveat, but uh, you know their inability to put that game away was, uh, I think, would have been very frustrating if I were a Bengals fan. I think the Ravens certainly have certainly felt it a fair amount this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, nice from our end. I, I didn't think that they were necessarily going to win it, but keeping it competitive and staying in there and, and you know, putting up a good fight, I, I really, um, it, it wasn't nearly as bad of a game to watch as I thought it was going to be going in. We'll say it that way. But uh, yeah, that that injury is, is going to be a huge thing to watch and, and how it plays out with the right guard and previously right tackle out and, uh, you know, how the Ravens can take advantage of that um, this week, so. Outstanding. So let's see. I, I'm up, right? Yep. Uh, let's go with 20, 2.88, and minus 30.6. The Bengals ran the ball 20 times for 2.8 yards per carry. A long run of eight yards in this game in 20 runs. So that's pretty damn good clamping down on the run game. Here's the big one here, though. The Ravens, since Roquan Smith arrived in week nine, have a minus 30.6 uh, Devoa against the run. Now we've People listening to the show probably know by now that a minus DeVoe number for defense is good. You want a positive number for offense, but uh, that's just outstanding. It is the second best in the National Football League behind only the Steelers, who are at 31.2%, which kind of surprises me a little bit that the Steelers would be 
better than the Ravens uh, over that period. Um, but the 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 Bengals, I think, perhaps in that in that fourth quarter, even felt like they still needed to pass to win that that they couldn't get it done with the run. And I think that is one of the good things going into this playoff game is that um, it's not obvious to me that 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 the Bengals can run on the Ravens. And you know, if if they force them to throw, it get, a lot of other little hopes come in that. Maybe we have some nice high wind in Cincinnati that'll reduce the effectiveness of Burrow. Of course, that would also reduce the effectiveness of Tucker. That's not a great idea, and that's where most of our points probably be scored. But uh, it is a case where uh, the game, you know, if it comes down to passing, um, and and the Bengals have to do a lot of passing in adverse wind conditions, that's certainly a better situation for the Ravens than what it otherwise is. Yeah, absolutely. They just uh, made them completely one-dimensional and normally when you talk about one dimension you know often it doesn't it's not normal normally that you want to say okay let's get burrow to throw the ball and that's the dimension you necessarily want but um you know by being able to limit them so successfully on run games you can kind of dictate uh you know the defense you don't have to kind of you know they were able to do that with the defense they were playing for the three wide receivers already. So it it's really impressive that they were able to do that while kind of focusing on, on the pass defense. So, right. um, so they stopped the run while in the nickel, by the way, that's a hallmark of Ravens teams of the past. You've got two, two and two up front like that, two down linemen, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. First of all, you better have some really great players at each of those levels. And the classic Ravens teams have had players like Nada or Syracuse or Adams who have been at the defensive tackle. They had great edge setters and Johnson and Suggs and uh, and others and Ray Lewis and Mosley and now Roquan at inside linebacker. Uh, they've always had stars at those. That's been a that's been to me. It's been the the standard by which they've been able to hold teams under four yards per sorry all opponents under four yards per carry for the whole season all of those years uh and, and it was you know honestly just really special and different um but the thing this year is a little different i think they they, they do have some of those things i don't think their outside linebackers are ex- exceptionally special at stopping the run there but they have hamilton and he's a big addition against the run so uh it, it's it's nice the ravens have found a different way to do it yep absolutely all right, my next numbers kind of uh, align with that. We'll go with the uh, 80% and 10. In the first three quarters, Cincinnati dropped back 41 times out of 51 plays. So uh, about 80%, which is a, a huge percentage. It's 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 pretty crazy. Um, you know, and they were only successful on, on 36.6% of those plays. So they weren't particularly successful on those pass plays. Average EPA of negative 0.6 um and uh we're about the same on both metrics for the 10 for the 10 run plays so um you know they they came out passing looking to pass like we talked about weren't able to run on the limited run plays that they they had but uh, the defense did a a pretty good job uh, of slowing them down uh 10 was the number of targets that uh that were recorded um at at uh whirly um and uh, on those ten targets, six receptions for fifty-nine yards. Um, but he, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, you know, especially kind of based off of some past performances. I thought he did a, a very commendable job. Um, average separation on those targets was only one point nine, which is pretty decent. Hmm. Um, but uh, but they were able to um, convert 
for an EPA of a total of 3.6. So they were able to still be pretty successful when they targeted him, despite the pretty good coverage. And there were some other ones that I think they they left on the you know on the table there um, that that could have been more. So um, you know, despite him playing well, um, it's very encouraging to see overall how they performed despite the fact that Cincinnati targeted him so much considering it's very likely that Peters will be back this week. So, so, so they have, they hopefully have that to look forward to. Now Peters was a full go today, which is, which is nice. Worley, the, the 1.9 yards of separation per target really surprises me because that means only 19 yards over 10 plays. Mm-hmm. And yet he fell down and got beat by a mile on an overthrow down the left sideline from Burrow to Higgins. Hmm. Those are earlier in the game. So there were some other close plays. There's no doubt about it. And he he was, I thought he played a hard hitting game, which I really liked out of Worley. Made a nice play down the middle on the post route. Uh, uh, so, you know, a few things went on, but I'm really surprised by that, uh, by that uh, average separation. So maybe they cap it at five yards or 10 yards or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure. And maybe it, you know, some of those things, maybe a mix of like, whether you're using a computer model to determine who was the closest defender. And at that point, he wasn't anymore versus the defender (laughs) who was actually responsible. So that could be it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, some of those issues with the models versus actually watching the film. So uh, I'm not sure how it was um, through one of the NFL new beta sites. So uh, kind of a neat stat from them, but, um, but I'm not sure the methodology exactly on, on how they determined it with the next gen stats. Are, Are you optimistic watching the Bengals pass game? Um, I, to, to me, they did leave you know two touchdowns on the field, one on the overthrow on the left side, and the other one on the drop by Chase on the right side in the end zone that was over Worley. Um, so I think I think you know Ravens fans need to be realistic that the, I don't we think we saw the best of the Bengals in this game by any by any stretch. What probably encouraged me more was the fact that the throws were going to the outside, and that's what happened in the first game that wasn't successful. Uh, the know your foe guy, uh, Mike Santagata, I always will say it wrong if I if I, if I don't. Uh, says that he expects the Bengals to go more over the middle between level two and level three and isolate Patrick Queen this week. Um, you know, I, I think, I think. Well, I was definitely encouraged watching the game and watching the last two games for sure. You know, they've they've uh, done a really good job of shutting down Burrow. I, th- I thought or limiting him, not, not shutting him down. I would, I would say, um, and, and making him. Um, go into areas he doesn't want to, you know, making him make plays that he doesn't necessarily excel at limiting uh, the yards after catch on the screen passes to the wide receivers, things like that, just um, making it harder for, for them to, uh, to be successful. And, you know, I, I think that, that, that kind of showed, you know, I, I think that there were some frustrations that, that were very evident. I think there were, um, you know, some, some, while they, were catchable they weren't easy catches you know the one in the end zone you know there, there was still a defender in his face you know i i thought so um while he could have caught it it was not a, a simple catch so mm-hmm. I, I think the ravens continue to play um that type of defense where they make it challenging for them and i think that uh, that that's where you know you make them be uh, you know, make the good plays versus kind of just the simple plays and, and have those beat you, I guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'd be interested to see whether they go into the middle. Um, I don't know that that's their strength. Um, and I'm not sure that, uh, you know, may, maybe that means more Hurst. I'm not sure yes. whether, 
who he had planned to, to, to go in the middle. Um, but I do think Hamilton matches up pretty well over the middle. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how that, that goes. So um, I'm not sure that that's a huge weakness as it used to be um, even, you know, last year. So Hurst, Hurst did definitely did a good job in terms of, sorry, uh, they did a good job covering Hurst, I'd say in this mm-hmm. game with the exception of one play, but he had five targets for 18 yards. So. That yeah, was good. Well, one Bengal who really stood out was Trey Hendrickson. His numbers, next numbers are about him, 18, 2, 2, and 15. Trey Hendrickson seemed like he was all over that game, all over the backfield where they want. He played 18 snaps, 18. <laughs> two sacks, two other pressures. Only 15 times in total did he rush the passer. So he's in there for a couple of run plays. I think he might have dropped the coverage once. He was playing with a broken wrist. And He's really one of the few players the Bengals partially rested in week 18. Probably a smart idea with, with the fact that, uh, you know, he's got a broken wrist and all. Um, but the Ravens are going to need to find a way to stop him. And Roddy Stanley, it's got to start with him playing better. Uh, Osai, who was the other guy over there, he, he played both inside of Hendrickson and in Hendrickson's stead when, when Hendrickson was off a lot. Number 58, extremely good game as well. And the Ravens need to find a way to stop those two guys over there, stop them from playing the, the two and three man games with Reader that they they try with stunts and twists, um, and and, uh, and and get that blocked up. That'll be one of the one of the big things I'm looking for this this week. Yeah, I, I took a look at that. That I had uh, talked about that briefly with with PFF Brad as well about that mm-hmm. earlier this week because I was like, you know, people kept talking about how uh, you know the Bengals weren't full you know, all the way on the gas pedal either this weekend. I was like, ah, that's not what I saw, but um, that's interesting. I didn't know about the broken wrist. Um, that's uh, that, that does make sense why they kind of limited him. And I would assume that they will be limited again this week. That's not going to heal in a week. So um, I noticed that, uh, that out of those 18, it looked like about, I think it was 13 of them were third downs. So they were really limiting yeah. to, uh, to the, the high leverage situations. Um I, I saw that they were they played him with one minute left in the fourth quarter. Like, why in the world do you have him playing on the final drive, like one of the final drives? It's just beyond me. It's just another sign of like their decision making was was very odd to me on, on who was playing. So even if you limited him to the leverage down leverage plays, like why is he in there? So, um, but I think the fact that he's in there for third third and longs, that's just avoid those, keep them off the field, you know, just, uh, you know, that, that's key because he has done extremely well against Stanley, I think. And, uh, he's a real, real tough matchup. And, um, you know, so the more you can keep them off the field, I think is, uh, is, is a good sign. So, yeah. All right. I will jump to my next set of numbers, uh, 0.23, negative 0.93, negative 0.44 and negative 0.23. So a few, quite a few numbers there. So we'll walk through each one. Um, So kind of basically these are all EPA per play numbers and looking at quarter one versus the rest of the game. So if we look at at just the first quarter, uh, Cincinnati had an EPA per play of 0.23. So nearly a quarter of a point per play. That's, that's pretty strong. Uh, Baltimore on the other hand, negative 0.93. So nearly a point lost per play. Very bad. Uh, after Q1, however, uh, the, the the script kind of flipped. Uh, Cincinnati EPA per play dropped to negative 0.44. Uh, 
while Baltimore was able to increase it to negative 0.23. So still not good for Baltimore, but significantly better. Um, so, and, you know, success rate followed that same sort of idea. So it wasn't just the big plays. Cincinnati dropped from 0.5 to 0.24, while Baltimore increased from 0.29 to 0.35. So, you know, Baltimore came out really rough first quarter. Uh, I don't think that was really surprising with, with it being kind of Brown's uh, kind of first showing. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, what was, was it the first two drives that were interceptions, I think, um, or two out of three or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, really a rough start. Um, but uh, but then seemed to kind of settle down and settle back into it. So, you know, I, I thought that was a really good sign for um, for this next week to come is that they were able to kind of right the ship on both both ends of, uh, you know, defense was lights out for, you know, however many of the final drives, 10 or so that they, I think, gave up like three points. So pretty remarkable on that end. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think it was encouraging sign to see uh, how how drastic a change it was on both sides of the ball from Q1 to the rest of the game. So I, I know the Ravens won the snap count dramatically in the second half, but at minus 0.44 to minus 0.23, they'd probably lost it, rather lost it decisively <laughs> if right. they, uh, they had those kind of numbers. All right, let's see. I've got 2.69, 8.6, 7.6, and minus 14.7%. These are all Anthony Brown numbers. Anthony Brown got rid of the ball on an average of 2.69 seconds in week 18. Burrow uh, was at 2.59 seconds. They're both among the quicker, quickest quarterbacks in the league. He had an average depth of target, and this was interesting, of 8.6 yards. That's 18th, right in the middle of the pack. Burrow's was 8.8, was 16th, also obviously in the middle of the pack. Um, but this is where they start to differ. His average completion was 7.6 yards, while Burrow's was only 4.4. So Burrow was completing a lot of little dinky screen passes and missing on some longer throws is what this is telling me. Um, his expected completion rate, and this is Brown again, of 57.9% is not acceptable. So I, that that is an indicator of some bad decisions. Perhaps I don't know how exactly how NextGen calculates it in terms of separation or if there's also a pressure component there as well. But 57.9% is not what you'd want your quarterback to be at in terms of completion percentage. But his actual completion percentage was 43.2%. So it was 14.7 percentage points worse. Or really, if you look at it, I think what is the correct way, he completed about 75% of the passes he should have um, over that time. So it's quite bad. Um, The Ravens uh, are going to need a much better game out of Anthony Brown to have a chance. I think that's very clear. But I'm going to I'm going to give you five factors in order of importance. And I, I kind of want you to think about this along with me. See if you'd maybe change the order on any of these because a lot of them I think it's close. Uh, but the first one uh, above all else is got to take better care of the football. Those big plays cost a lot of points all at once. Uh, that's bad. My number two is is one where I think it, it, you you could have some argument about it. But it start with his, his accuracy has got to improve dramatically. Uh, he's got to be more on target with the football. The third one, play action to leverage tight ends. I think they ran one, maybe two play action plays in this game. They don't really have any ability to run mesh plays, but what mesh plays they can run, because this is because Brown is not really a read option quarterback, but what they could do is run the mesh, throw out of that down the field. So RPO type meshes as opposed to two run options. Um, so you've, you've got... But I think play play action to leverage the value of the tight ends to freeze those linebackers is really key. The number four is continued deep shots. 
Um, but but it has to be to better effect, obviously. And he threw a couple of good deep balls to Watson in this game. Boy, those dogs are going crazy. But <laughs> but uh, but he needs to do more of it and and be more effective. And then the last is continue with a quick release. I think that's his best chance against the Bengals defensive line that's been fairly voracious. But how would you rank those? Yeah, so I think you know better care with the football is key. You know, with any sort of backup QB. Um, you know, limiting the negative plays is, is, is kind of priority one. Um, you know, I, I think the, the better accuracy is, is, is probably two because it's continued success. Like we've talked about a number of times is key for the Baltimore offense. Uh, just, uh, um, even if it's smaller dink and dunk passes, just continuing to get some yardage on every play, um, mm-hmm. is key in order to, uh, be able to get in downs and distances where you can run the ball, uh, don't have the third and longs uh, where Hendrickson can, can come after you. Um, you know, the play action, I, I, I think, is, is important. I think it'll be more effective with a better run game once we've, we we got J.K. back. So I think that'll be good. Um, the, the quick release, I think... Um, is I would where I would kind of shift that up. I think limiting the negative plays for a sack, I think, is key. And then the continued deep shots with better effect. Um, you know, I think the deep shots are important, but I think that the the way the offense is is going to be most successful and the team overall is um, continued long drives um, that you march down the field, limited negative plays. Uh, use the clock, limited drives uh, for for Cincinnati, things like that. So, um, so I would rather see fewer long shots this game. Uh, I think you know they are kind of a a product of uh, of the score a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know when you had to do that, um, but uh, you know I, I think um, they kind of by taking those, you kind of lead yourself into having to take more because you're not you're either getting a first down or you're incomplete. So you, you kind of get into second and tens a lot more often. So you have to then take another long shot pass, things like that. So, yeah, that, that's a great point. You're giving variation to the defense and that's what defenses live on. That's how they get other teams off the field is they generate variation because they can't do it with average yards per play. So you kind of give it away when you do that. That's a good point. I, I, right. I like that. Let's see. Are you your next number? Yep. All right, my next number is uh, uh, kind of related, uh, 46 and negative uh, 0.42. So the Ravens dropped back to pass on 46 plays, uh, based on my count, in, in week 18, which tied for the highest by the Ravens this year uh, with week 13. And on dropback passes or dropback plays, um, they had an average of negative 0.42 EPA per play. So hmm. very bad. Uh, second worst for the Ravens, uh, only behind week week 15. Um, in the first half, they were pretty balanced. 17 pass, 18 runs. But in the second half, they just completely shifted based off of the score and uh, and shifted very heavy pass, um, 29 pass to nine runs. So, uh, you know, I think they had to at that point uh, to some degree um, because of the, you know, the, the amount they were down plus the likelihood of uh, uh, Cincinnati scoring uh, more. So, um, so, you know, I think that's fine, but um, you know, 
I think in order to be successful, that is not something that they can repeat. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they need to continue with the first half where they were balanced. And I think they just need to be more successful um, uh, on the run plays and, uh, uh, and, and on the pass plays for that matter and, and limit the negative plays on the pass plays and uh, be more successful on the run plays in order to kind of, um, you know, keep, keep it a game, I think. So, I mean, sometimes in EPA play, we kind of lose the magnitude, but 40, 46 passes for minus 0.42 per play is 19.3 points below what an average team would have scored on those pass plays. That's probably into the negatives, you know, versus a typical NFL team because scoring overall isn't that that much over 19.3 points, right? Right. But, yeah, the, but the runs are about zero, right? Runs yeah. are about zero yeah, so probably a lot of it was number of drives. You know, I think they had a, a large number of drives um, because 19 plus whatever the 13, you know, that's that's well above the, um, you know, the ex the expected points for for the uh, for the league. So, um, you know, I think it's because they were there were such a high number of drives because of the both sides of the ball having a lot of sort of three and outs or, or maybe four and outs and things like that. So. Yeah, good point. I'll go to my last number here, and hopefully this is a little bit of hope for Ravens fans. And hope some hope we're going to see some folks out there at the game. We're heading out this weekend, and uh, I'd like to see folks. If you if you are going, send me a DM on uh, on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. Plus six, plus six, plus nine, plus seven point five, and plus four point five. The line on the Ravens wins at Tennessee and Oakland were both plus six during the two thousand Super Bowl run. That two thousand team, the one that just wouldn't let any other team score. They were plus six in both of those road games at Tennessee and Oakland. The line on the Ravens in the Mile High Miracle, plus nine. Going to be very similar to that this weekend, I'm afraid. I did hear somebody put down a big bet at Caesars of 880000 to win eight hundred on the Ravens plus eight and a half. That's... And even on the Caesars line, it dropped it by half a point. Huh. So, uh, the... Uh, the following week against New England, this was in that AFC Championship game where they trailed at halftime. Uh, they were a seven point five point dog, and they then they beat the big, the uh, Patriots twenty one nothing in the second half. And then in Super Bowl against San Francisco, they were four and a half point dogs on a neutral site. So the Ravens are familiar with being, uh, you know, dogs, particularly on the road in in these uh, games. And these are all you know four road games on a neutral site. Um, they are six and zero in their history. Uh, in wild card road games, uh, five and zero with Harbaugh. So uh, you know, if you think back uh, in history, and particularly with Joe Flacco's career, uh, he was certainly able to get it done regularly on the road in the playoffs. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, Joe Flacco, uh, about the possibility of him being cut early by the Jets before the league year ends, and the Ravens possibly picking him up for a playoff game. I saw someone tweeted that I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see anything beyond that, but I thought that yeah. was that was kind of a funny idea. Yep, but uh, you know, I, I the the line is. I was a little surprised by how significant the line was, given um, given the results of the last game and the number of players that the Ravens are getting back. Um, I, I was I was surprised by that. Um, I I. I I like the odds of the Ravens giving uh, giving the Bengals a game. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily saying that they're favored, but I I would definitely favor the uh, you know getting the points on this one. I, I don't 
Um, you know, I I think that they are getting a lot of key key players back, and they showed that they are a strong matchup for the Bengals um, last week. So it's interesting. I'm seeing six and a half right now. As I wonder what's going on here. Huh. Uh, that would be very unusual. Okay. Well, anyway, um, Dan, been a great season doing this week. We still have one more show to go, but I, mm-hmm. always fun to talk football with you every week. Tell folks where they can talk with you online. Yeah, you can reach out uh, on Twitter uh, at DP Reese, then the number eight. Um, you know, happy to talk, uh, uh, talk anything, you know, playoffs, football, whatever. And then, you know, during the offseason um, cap and, all sorts of contract stuff as well as draft things. So happy to reach out and, and uh, you know, talk football on, on Twitter. So. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, we're getting into short season right now. So whatever you want to do, I've got all of these great stuff about uh, uh, value of a imputed value of the Roquan Smith trade, for example, is one great idea that's come in. I, I, I want to ask you if, if you'd seen information on that, I'll do that offline, but if you, it doesn't have to be completely analytic. If you're just passionate about something, passionate about the Ravens turning the franchise in another direction, you're all your roster building ideas. This is the time. Let's talk about them now. Uh, if you want to recap something about the Ravens season, this is also the time. We don't. We probably won't do that in April. Uh, now is the time in February to, to or in February to talk about it at the latest. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I'll get back to you real quick. DMs are always open on Twitter. Dan, always a pleasure doing the show with you. Yeah, it was great. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.